Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am so excited to be back. I know it's been a few weeks and I just want to apologize. Um, Although I got a new computer and I'm somebody that well, my old computer was from 2009, so it's now 2020. And um, as you can imagine, the difference between GarageBand, which is how I record this podcast, um, you know, it's not too different, but at the same time, it's subtly different where I have had to actually go on YouTube and be like, okay, how do I do this? <laughs> it's totally different. Um, so that took me some time. And then I also was rebuilding my website completely. I mean, that website... My website that I had um, prior to this new one, I've had, that was my very first website. I got it off of Weebly.com. And if you've never heard of Weebly, it's because it literally is so outdated. I mean, there's so many beautiful um, website platforms nowadays. You know, you've got Squarespace and you've got Show It, you've got WordPress. I mean, there's just a lot, um, a lot out there. And so I, felt very much like my website was just getting too, I just wasn't able to do the things that I really wanted to do. So I had to redo that. That took some time and I'm building my business and just all kinds of things. And I was like, you know what, if I don't just take this time and just buckle down and do it, I'm going to continue to put this off. And so I really spent, um, these past few weeks, just really working on all of those things. And here I am, I'm back and I'm very excited to announce that I have a brand new website. You can check it out on my website. <laughs> you can check it out, www.charlenelight.com. And I there's just a few minor things that I have to add, but other than that, it's really up and ready to go. And I'm so excited. It's just, it's been such a transformative time for all of us. And I really have taken these past seven months to do all the things that I've ever wanted to do, all the things that I put off, you know, um, I'm just, I'm doing it. And it's been so incredible to see the growth. And doesn't it feel like we're in some sort of time warp, like seven months feels like seven years or something. I was looking at the beginning of last year or the beginning of this year. And I was like, who is that girl? You know, I'm just so used to seeing myself fresh faced and no makeup and not really, uh, it's my point being the seven months and now it's going into, you know, the end of the year till next year, you know, I, I don't know when things are going to go back and, you know, we've got this election coming up and it's just, there's so much going on. There's so much change. And all I can say is, you know, really take care of yourself, really give yourself the time to check in and to really nurture, you know, nurture yourself. Because I think it's very easy to get pulled 
you know, in all kinds of crazy directions. And for me, I feel very grounded, very centered. I have my meditation practice. You know, I'm meditating, you know, three, four times a day, to be honest, because I'm doing my own. And then I do guided meditations that I'm always reading. And then I'm doing this course and I've got their guy. You know, I'm always working on myself. I'm always, you know, doing different things. And then there's days where I'm just, you know, dancing. Dancing and singing and not doing much. Oh my gosh, I have a really funny story. I'll talk about it more when I go into the fearless act. Um, but if you've watched Emily in Paris, it's on Netflix and it's so much fun. I really, really loved it because it was just pure fun, pure entertainment, pure escapism. It made me want to be in Paris. It made me feel like I was in Paris and you know how much I love Paris. So I have a really funny story about um, one of the actors in that show. And I'll talk about it on the next episode because it pertains to the fearless act that I did. So speaking of all that, I'm going to jump right into these next two fearless acts. I'm going to lump them together. The first one, well, I should back up and just say that, you know, so much of my life and really now that I'm coaching, um, so much of a lot of the women that I'm coaching, it has been really about this one theme. And the theme is using our voice, right? Empowering ourselves to be able to speak up, to share our authentic nature, to be somebody out in the world that we really feel like this is who I am. You know, it's all about finding your voice. And so these next two fearless acts that I'm about to share, um, were really about practicing using my voice. The first one was, um, fearless act number, number 33 and number 34. So fearless act number 33, um, I decided I had always wanted to do those, um, escape the room, you know, kind of scenarios. And I always thought, you know, it'd be really fun to get together with a group of friends and, and just see how, first of all, I was just curious, like how I would respond because I'm definitely somebody that's very comfortable doing things alone. And so I wanted to see how I would be, um, in a group setting and if I can still use my voice and still, you know, offer my perspective and all those things. So I told my friends, um, David, David and Trey, and then they got a big group together and we decided to do escape the room. So I'm going to read to you what I wrote and then I'll explain a little bit, um, how the evening went. And it really does show how it takes me some time. And I don't know if you're the same way, but it definitely takes me some time to warm up. I'm not somebody that's like right away, unless I mean, I guess it depends on the people, you know, professionally speaking, yes, I can definitely get up in front of a class, teach a yoga class and gather people together. Like I'm definitely a leader in that regard. But when it comes to my personal life and especially with a lot of people that maybe I'm not as close with, I definitely am somebody that kind of doesn't really stand out in the crowd. I kind of hide in the background unless I'm really needed. So that's essentially how this, um, kind of went down. So I'll read to you what I wrote and then I'll go into detail. Last night, a group of 11 friends and I went to the Lower East Side to voluntarily get trapped inside an old theater. We had 60 minutes to figure out clues and solve puzzles in order to dun, 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 escape the room. I wouldn't consider myself particularly good at solving puzzles or mysteries for that matter. Most of the time, I'm pretty chill. When I lose something, I just simply know or assume that it'll eventually show up, and it always does. But this fearless act was different than my previous ones because it required other people to finish, and not strangers, but people I knew. So the question remained, how well could I work together with the group? What role, if any, would I play in, in helping us escape? 
And could we collectively work together not only to escape the room, but make it out, dun da 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 alive. <laughs> I'm so dramatic. We entered the theater and it was old and dusty with puppets and Muppets hanging from the walls. It looked like a little bit like Pee Wee Herman's playhouse gone wrong. We greeted each other with hugs and smiles and general niceties, but would that last? Could someone in the group turn on us? Would it be, dun 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 dun, me? To protect the integrity of the game and its future players, I won't give away any of the details, but I will explain how it went down. Mariah was our host. She told us she would be present in the room and we can ask her for three and only three clues. She then said she would step out of the room so we can look it over and then the game would begin. Door slams. We all look at each other blankly. We were given one prompt to go with. And sure enough, the clock starts and it was on. Right away, I thought to come up with a strategy. I announced to the group, hey guys, maybe we should split up and take a few over here, then a few back there and see what we can find. Response, crickets. A few seconds later, our first clue was found. I don't even remember looking at it. I just heard excitement and flurry and stepped away so that others can figure out this puzzle. It seemed clear from the beginning that I had no idea how to approach this game, so I left it alone. And then one superstar evolved from the group, Emily. Part spy, part musical theater actress, Emily just seemed to know where everything was. She opened this, figured out that, and she was super calm and cool throughout. It was uncanny, actually. I started to suspect that perhaps she played the game before. I mean, just who was this Emily anyway? Ten minutes passed, and we unlocked a special red button in which announced, Oh my God, we did it! We escaped the room! We're geniuses! Really, I had nothing up until this point. Jeff responded, No, this isn't the end. And sure enough, the button was pressed, and a riddle started playing. Boy, was I wrong. This was only the beginning of my confusion. Twenty-five minutes passed, and we finally gave in and asked Mariah for a clue. And it was a good one. We unlocked, I mean, Emily unlocked yet another box with two more clues. At this point, I felt useless. Did I actually graduate college? Just what kind of smarts do I have if I can't figure out this game? As I pondered my existence, I noticed everyone in the group was working on this one clue while this other clue was just sitting dormant. I stepped aside, grabbed it, and went on my own. Hey guys, over here, I unlocked this one. Everyone was shocked, including me. I started to gain confidence. I felt a value. Yes, yes, I remember who I was. I was, I was good enough to uncover one clue. This began a pattern, everyone working on one thing and me chiming in, hey guys, what about this? And I led us to another three major clues, like boom, 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 I was on fire. In fact, after the fourth one, I shouted to the universe while jumping up and down like a little kid, oh my God, I am smart, I am smart. I was thoroughly impressed with my skills. I can't take all of the credit because clearly we all worked together to get it done. I may have gotten us into one door, but everyone else did the uncovering and solving of the puzzles to get us further. And then, four minutes left in the room. Palm sweating, head shaking, voice trembling, tumbleweed flowing by. We were at the end of our streak. Could we make it out? Alas, one more lock to unclue. And there she was, the big red button. Oh my God, could this be it? And sure enough, one press and the clock stopped at 56.59. We did it. We made it out. Oh my God, we crushed it. There were hugs and tears and laughters and high fives, finger snaps and fist pumps 
in my mind, that is, we all received medals of honor, really just this group picture, and the satisfaction that we as a group escaped the room. I have to say that this experience restored my faith in myself again. I am smart, I am of value, and I can unlock mysterious clues that make no sense. And even when doubted, even when people don't hear me the first time or the second time, or the third, or the fourth, and sometimes the fifth. I still speak my mind. I still act on my instincts, and I'm not afraid to be wrong. Because even if I was, my one idea would lead to someone else's better idea, and then maybe an even better one on top of that, and so on. So my friends, when faced in seemingly impossible circumstances, always stay in the game. Even if you act like a fool, you will never regret the fun you had while playing. Ah, oh, that is good. I have to say, when I rewrite, when I reread these things, I'm impressed with my writing skills. So it really was just like that, um, in the sense that I was doubting myself. Well, first of all, I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning, and then to see people start to get the clues, especially Emily, I was like, oh my god, I'm just going to step out of the way and let her go and do her thing. And it's interesting how it took me, you know, watching everyone in one corner to be like, well, wait a second, maybe what about this door, you know? And so when left alone, I'm able to open up doors. I'm able to see things that others can't. And I, I really took this to mean, again, you know, when I say never never doubt yourself, it's always stay in the game. You know, it's so easy, especially, you know, here I am, you know, on this entrepreneurial, um, you know, business side where I'm really trying to put myself out there in new ways. Um, I have to keep remembering that number one, things are happening that you can't see, you know, the universe really is conspiring in our favor and to trust that. And number two, as long as you stay in the game, right, as long as you keep putting yourself out there, you know, something is going to shift. Some door will open. Someone will start to, you know, come your way or things like that, you know? And, and the, the truth is you really just have to surrender to how it's going to come, you know? And so this was a really beautiful lesson that I can work with a lot of people as long as I stay in the game, you know, like I said, even if, you know, what about this or what about that? then leads the rest of the group to other ideas. So you're always contributing. You're always helping in some way, even if it's not the very thing that gets you through the door that can add on and you can build on. And so it was just a beautiful experience. And, and plus we had a lot of fun and that's really what the whole point of all of this journey is, you know, not just to do things that I'm afraid of, but do things that were actually fun. You know, it's a game but it's also, you know, a metaphor for life, you know, never stop staying in the game, you know, never stop going, what about this? And what about that? You know, your perspective, your voice is needed always. So I'm going to jump right into the next fearless act, which actually was probably one of the scariest things I had done because well, I'll just tell you, um, act number 34 was a cuddle party. Now I'm just going to back up and tell you how I even thought of this idea. Cause this was not my idea. <laughs> so I mentioned that I had a lot of, um, crazy kind of feeling very disconnected, um, because I was doing so many fearless acts, you know, in succession, I was feeling this sense of very out of body, um, like almost like I wasn't in my experience, but I was looking at it from 
this sort of bird's eye perspective. Like I just kept thinking while I was on the subway, like none of this is real, you know, like there's something bigger happening, you know, and the details of our lives, um, it's not about that. There's something bigger. So I, I was feeling this sort of I don't know, otherworldly, or I was maybe tapping into um, a different level of consciousness. And so I, I really wanted to talk to someone about it. So I ended up reaching out to this man who I read his book. Um, his name is Jeff Brown, and um, his book was called Soul Shaping. And he, in his book, I really related to so much of what he was talking about that I felt called to reach out to him and do a session with him and really describe what I was experiencing. Maybe he had some insight around it. Maybe he can help me. So that was really cool too. And also a little bit of a fearless act because I reached out to this author. I had no idea. And I was like, Hey, can you, cause he was also offering coaching sessions. And I'm like, can I do a session with you? Great. So we did a Skype session. I tell him what I'm doing and he's like, you know, it sounds like these are really like mini truth acts because it sounds like you're, you're stepping in more and more to the truth of who you are with each fearless act that you do. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. And then I started to tell him how, you know, I really think I was doing this because I thought at the end of my journey, I would fall in love or I thought something would be revealed to me um, that would open myself up to love in a new way. And so he said to me, it was his idea, I think, to be like, he has maybe like, I don't know, 100, 200,000 followers on you know his Facebook group, or maybe even more at this point. He's like, you know, maybe I post something about you that you're looking for you know, love or da-da-da-da, and, and we'll see what happens. And I was really impressed that like, wow, he would do that for me. He would I, go on go out there on a limb and, and share. Yeah, like I was really um, taken back. I thought that was very sweet. And then he's like, well, we have to write something, you know, we have to get it right because otherwise I'm going to get all kinds of women wanting me to do the same thing, you know? And I was like, no, 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 I, I see what you're saying. So we were going to work on that. But before we ended the call, he said, you know, maybe you just need to go to a cuddle party. And I'm like, a cuddle party? What the hell is a cuddle party? He's like, you know, you just get around and you, you cuddle with people. And I was like, that's weird, you know? And so we hung up the, the Skype session. And then of course, in my mind, I'm like, it's weird. It's scary. It's time to go to a cuddle party, you know? So I Google search cuddle party in New York city and I discover this meetup group. Actually, no, I discovered they do have a site, but they had like ended all of the cuddle parties in New York city or something weird like that. And, um, but I just sent my email. It's like, you know, if you want to know of the next one, you know, send us your email. I'm like, okay. So I send my email and then a few weeks later I get notified that they're having a cuddle party, um, at this apartment and they'll give you the address after you pay. And I'm like, okay. And in my mind, I think because I'm a yoga teacher and I'm usually like, you know, used to touching people, you know, giving adjustments and things like that. I'm like, well, how bad can it be? Right? Like you just give a few people some hugs, some high fives, you know, <laughs> I was just so innocent about it. I had no idea, you know? So I remember walking, it was at an apartment. I remember this so vividly. It was like on 11th or 12th street around Union Square. Maybe it was like on first or second Avenue and I'm walking and I'm like, okay, what kind of people do I expect to show up at a cuddle party in New York city on a Sunday afternoon? And I look over to my left and I see this guy who's of, I think he was Indian and he had a backpack on. He looked like somebody that was like, you know, 
and I know this is going to sound, I mean, I don't know how it's going to sound, but I'll just describe to you what I was feeling. This is how I perceived. This guy looked like the kind of guy that would show up at a cuddle party because he looked like nobody ever hugged him in his life. <laughs> so mean. But he did. He looked like he needed hugs. You know, he, he was very much like he didn't want to be seen. He was used to being invisible. He like, I remember he had like a, a jacket on, but it was like sunny out. He was wearing a backpack and just like layers of stuff and lots of hair. And I was like, I bet you anything, this guy is going to the color party with me. Right? So sure enough, I walk into the building, I go into the elevator, and as soon as I walk in, you know, I'm very sensitive to energy. And as soon as I walk in, I felt myself energetically just close up, like my arms. I started to cross my arms. I'm like, oh my God, like, where am I? I'm going into a stranger's apartment to do a cuddle party. Like, what is my life right now, you know? And then I walk in, and this girl was like, oh my gosh, hi, da da da. And she's got like, you know, my name is Tags. Um, she's like, come over here. You're for the cuddle party. I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, great. So we're going to have you, you you know, fill this out. And so I had to sign a thing and then I had to fill out or write my name on the, my name is, so my name is Charlene. I posted on my, my jacket. And then I go into the living room and the way they have it set up is like all of these couches are up against the wall and there's like blankets and sleeping bags on the floor. It almost looked like an adult sleeping, um, yeah, adult slumber party. And I'm like, what the F is going on like this? And then I noticed everybody in the group, there was probably, I don't know, maybe 20 people, 18 to 20 people, and more than half were men. So the, the minority was, were women and I was one of them. So I sit down and I literally am hugging the arm of the couch. Like I'm like, this is where I feel comfortable. I'm going to cuddle this couch. <laughs> That's the extent, you know, I just really felt like, and so I had to kind of internally go, okay, you're here. Just feel it out, see what happens. Um, you don't have to cuddle with anyone if you're not comfortable. Like I'm, I'm giving myself all these options that I don't have to stay if I don't feel comfortable. I'm looking around the room. I would say a lot of them looked like that guy. Um, and there was even a few, this is so weird, but there was even a few that had um, wedding rings on their fingers. So I was like, wow, you know? So I, of course, I'm sitting next to this girl <clears throat> And, um, the beginning starts and she says, actually it was a man and he's like, okay, I'm going to start to read out the, um, the cuddle party, um, instructions, you know, or the cuddle party, um, directions. And so I'm just going to read to you what I wrote and then I'll go into detail about it. Day 34, the cuddle party. You're probably thinking two things. What exactly is a cuddle party and why would I want to go to one? Well, I decided to sign up because I was curious. And if you're wondering, I found the group on Meetup. And because the thought of cuddling with strangers in a non-sexual way felt really scary and let's face it, kind of weird. When I walked into the party, I immediately felt my guard up. Normally when I walk into a room full of people, I'm extremely open, friendly, and full of smiles. But here I was the opposite. I felt cold, distant, and generally bothered. A woman invited me into the kitchen. How many letters? Excuse me? I said as I was expecting a different welcome response. How many letters in your name? Oh, I don't know. I can spell it for you. As I spelled my name, I got a peek into the living room. Blankets on the floor, pillows in place of chairs, and two couches pushed, 
pushed towards the walls. I started to wonder what I got myself into. When she handed me my name tag, I escaped to one of the couches and sat as close to the armrest as possible, arms and legs across, and a hello my name is sticker on my long sleeve zippered up hoodie with absolutely no cleavage. I was as open as you can possibly imagine. All right, cuddle monsters, let's get this party started. According to the cuddle part of According to the cuddle party rules, which were announced at the beginning of this four-hour session, a cuddle party is a playful social event for adults to explore communication, boundaries, and affection. How can touching and hugging and spooning be non-sexual? That's what this cuddle party promised. The rules explained. First, you must ask permission and wait for an answer before you touch anyone. Second, a maybe is really a no, meaning if you're unsure, just say no. Third, you have every right to change your mind while someone is touching you and tell them to stop. Cuddling is about staying present and honoring what feels right to you. I was beginning to like these rules and wondered if I can steal them for some of the guys I've been dating. Fourth, you don't have to participate in any of it. You can read, sit, talk, meditate if you want, and if you wanted to leave after the rules were read, you can receive a full refund. The next statement piqued my curiosity. Laughter and tears are welcomed. I started to think about this one. Was this silly? Yes. Could I imagine myself laughing? Yes. But tears? As I eyed everyone in the room, I started wondering about these people. What if you are someone who has never been cuddled before? Or you were socially awkward and never received a hug or a loving touch before? Or what if you weren't attractive by society standards? or you had intimacy issues, or you were just plain lonely. I realized in that moment how this group was needed. We then did a bunch of role-playing. I turned to the guy next to me, and we practiced asking, can I kiss you? And our reply was no. We did this twice as to practice what it felt like to say no and to be told no. It was also explained that while this is normal to feel attracted to someone, and as a male, even get quote-unquote excited while being touched, we couldn't act on it. It wasn't one of those parties, if you know what I mean. After the rules were read, I ran to use the bathroom. When I returned, seven people were off spooning each other. Others were giving each other back rubs. One was getting a foot massage. And where was I? I was in conversation with two people who weren't touching anyone. I realized this experience was about me exercising my no. If someone asked me for a massage or to spoon behind them, I kindly said, no thanks. While I certainly enjoyed the conversations I was having, I just didn't feel the need to touch or be touched by anyone. I decided in that moment that I just wanted to leave. When I announced to the group I was ready to go, one cuddler said, oh, why don't you stay a little longer? Come on, be fearless. I told them about my challenge and why I was there. I replied, oh, just being here witnessing all of this is fearless enough. I was a bit annoyed that she used my verbiage to try and coax me into staying, but then I remembered this isn't about her. It's about me exercising my voice and saying no when I mean no and leaving when I wanted to leave. Even though I didn't actually participate in any of the cuddling, I received the biggest lesson of all, how fearless it is to walk into a situation and midway through realize it's not for you and actually leave. How fearless it is to say no consistently and honor that. And how fearless it is to learn what you feel comfortable doing and what you don't. And I realize I like to keep all my cuddling private. <laughs> so that was really, that was really an interesting experience. You know, I have to say when I was first sitting there and we were doing that role playing, 
it was really awkward. I, I really felt uncomfortable, you know, going through those rules. At the same time, I realized how, you know, in dating or even just being brought up as a woman, I was never told, you know, you can say no, or if you don't feel comfortable, you can leave. Like I was never specifically told those things. And I think as women, we're just naturally people pleasers. So there's many times that I did stuff that I was not comfortable doing just because I was afraid to say no or afraid to reject someone, you know? And so I was learning like how powerful it was to do that role playing and to have that conversation and to be open about it. And I was like, you know, I need to do this more in my real life. And and so that experience for me was worth the price of the admission because I then actually assigned two of my clients to a cuddle party. This was last summer when we were able to cuddle party with people, you know, not when we were in a a pandemic, but both of them had really eye-opening experiences. I mean, it really is so powerful to see what you're comfortable with. The other thing I realized is, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a, physical person. I'm not a touchy feely person. And, and for me, I'm very aware of not touching someone, like, especially when it comes to male and even female relationships, you know? Um, and I, I don't know what that is, but I think it takes a lot of trust for me to open up in that way, to give someone a hug, not necessarily a girlfriend, but definitely a man, um, if I'm, you know, just meeting him or even if it's just platonic, I'm very aware of physical touch and I'm not comfortable with, you know, I remember growing up, you know, in high school, there would be the girls that would always be like, you know, cuddling with this person. And you assume after they, they're like sitting there cuddling all night long, that they would be boyfriend and girlfriend, but no, the next day they're like barely talking to each other. It was just like a moment in time where they were all over each other, you know, or at least cuddling in that way. And I never felt like I needed that. I never felt I needed touch to make me feel, you know, it's interesting. Maybe it has to do with, there's a vulnerability, you know, like allowing someone to touch you. I don't know if I can do that without feeling like I need to give something in return or I'm promising something that isn't going to happen, if you know what I mean. So, I'm so aware. I have such an attachment. I can't just like, you know, I'm going to cuddle with you and that's it. You know, um, I find that so interesting. I think there's definitely, you know, there's more to unpack there, I guess. But at the same time, it's kind of nice because when I do cuddle with someone, that means that I really like you. (laughs) And, um, And also I love the idea that, you know, if it's a maybe, it's a no. I mean, how many times do we not do that? You know, if it's a maybe, well, okay, you know. And so I love that. And I love that, you know, you can change your mind. And it was all about voicing that, you know, if you're somebody's touching you and you decide you don't want them to touch you anymore, you can just say, excuse me, I I don't want this anymore. And and that person has to be like, okay, and it's fine. And there's no the idea is not to feel rejected, but to honor each other's needs in a supportive way. And so I loved that. And, and, you know, if I think about it now, so much of, like, I learned so much from this fearless act, probably more than I ever would imagine, because it really taught me how these conversations are really hard to have. And it's hard to tell someone 
you know, what you need without feeling like you're going to reject them or you're going to hurt them. And this goes way beyond physical touch. This goes in everything. I mean, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff with my family now and, you know, I'm not used to being around them, you know, as much as I am right now because I was away for so long. And so I'm learning how to use my voice and to express my needs, um, in a productive way, in a way that doesn't feel like it's going to hurt them. And then at the same time, if it does hurt them, that's really not my problem. I have to keep expressing my needs. I have to create boundaries. You know, I am a, I'm an adult now, you know, and I think when I was living here before, you know, it was just, the dynamic was so different. I think I really appeased so much, you know, because I didn't want to get into conflict. And now I'm just like, F it, you know, like I don't care anymore. I have to create a boundary. I have to say something. So I've been really working on that. So when I look back at this fearless act, it really was sort of the start of me being okay with that. And, and again, it's so much more than just the physical touch component. It's really about, you know, in every area of our lives, like how much are you willing to open up and, and speak your needs and, and say it in a way that, you can be heard and understand that it's not always going to be received well, but that doesn't mean you don't stop saying it. You know, we can't control how, what we, or what we say is going to be received. You know, I can't control if it's going to hurt someone or reject someone. All I can do is continually be myself and keep showing up as authentically as I can. And then through time, the relationship will start to change because you're creating new boundaries, you're creating new rules, you're sharing your needs, you're becoming more vulnerable. You know, I tend to have a tendency to pull away. You know, I wonder if I was in the situation now, if I if I did a color party, if I would react the same way or if I would try, I mean, I don't know, probably no. <laughs> probably would still just be like, I'm going to leave. Oh, and that was the other thing I was going to say is when we all did this introduction in the beginning of it, I told them why I was there. And so when that girl said, why can't you just stay and be fearless? I was like, you know what? I was a little bit irritated. Um, but at the same time, I was so proud of myself that I didn't take the bait that I was like, you know what? Like, screw you. I can leave whenever I want to leave. And that was the whole purpose of of this cuddle party was being able to say, I'm, I'm leaving and you don't ridicule me for that, you know? So, but at the same time, like whatever, who cares? You know, people are going to say what they're going to say. There's nothing we can do. Um, but again, we should never stop being in the game. We should never stop speaking up. And you know, it's, it's hard work. It really is. So I want to honor all of those all of those that are listening, you know, out there that are really working through some of this stuff, you know, taking this time to, you know, not just build, you know, externally, but work on the interpersonal relationships. You know, how are you showing up differently with your friends and your partner and your, you know, family members? And, you know, so much of our society and our culture is about, you know, I can't wait to get this so I can feel this. And it's like, well, we have to make the changes before the manifestation comes, you know, we've got it backwards and it really is an inside job. And, um, and I really, I really do enjoy it because there's just so many layers. We are just so layered. We're so, we're so intricate and dynamic and beautiful. Um, and I love it. So, and I would love, I would love to work with you if you're interested in diving deeper. I have 
private coaching available. I'm, I'm actually um, launching a group coaching program, Get Off Your Couch, Step Up Your Life. It's going to start on 11-11 um, next month, 11-11-2020, and it's for six weeks. And um, I can't wait, can't wait to take you on this amazing journey. So check it out on my website. I'm going to post it also in our in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And I promise I will not take another few weeks before the next episode because we are getting down to the wire. I'm, I'm almost to my 40 and the next one's going to be even better because it coincides with that beautiful show on Netflix, Emily in Paris. So once again, thank you for what, for listening. I'm going to leave you with one of my songs. And I just want to say, if you're enjoying my podcast, please send me a note, please share it with one of your friends. Um, I would appreciate it and reach out to me, talk to me, take care everyone. I hope you're well. I'm going to leave you with a very old song that I wouldn't normally feel comfortable sharing, but what the hell is <laughs> quarantine? This is a song that I, I used to sing only in my head voice. So when you hear it, you might be a little surprised and be like, who is that? But I think the song is really good and the production is good. So it's called, I want to know. <laughs>
love while I stay. 